Tonight is going to be fun in the fact that this is probably going to be the simplest message that you've ever heard. Um, However, this message has the potential to leave you changed from this day forward for the rest of your life. Has nothing, not that I'm delivering it, it's, it's the understanding of what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, how many of you were here on Sunday? We had that guest worship artist, I forget his name, um, but he sang a song and the song said, never be the same again from this day for the rest of my life, never be the same again. And if we can grab a hold of this concept that we're going to talk about, this truth, this understanding that we're going to talk about, yes, I'm going whiteboard style tonight. That's why I'm pointing to the whiteboard. If we can understand this one thing, our lives will never be the same again for the rest of our lives from this day forward. Some of us, we might have an understanding of it, but I can tell you that I need a greater understanding of it and we could all probably use a greater understanding of it. However, some of us have never really understood this. And so don't think that I'm trying to dumb it down. It's actually the simplicity of what it is. That's why it's so simple. So what am I talking about? First, let me draw something up here. Hopefully you can see this. Can you see this? Is that pretty, pretty bold? Okay. And then one more here. So this is what we're going to talk about for the majority of the life. And the title of my message is actually this right here. That line. That line actually represents the gatekeeper to your transformation. And if we can understand this right here and what this represents and what all three of these represent and how they represent to us and and what they mean with our relationship with God, you're going to walk out of here a completely different person tonight. So what am I talking about? Well, I want to start by saying um, one of the things that we teach here at um, Res Life is a thing called Freedom Ministries. How many of you have ever heard, heard of Freedom Ministries, been through it? Awesome. So I don't need to go into too much detail, but one of the classes is called Levels of Change, and one of my favorite lines and and one of my favorite um, realizations from from that class um, comes in the context of talking about ways that we try to bring change upon ourselves. So we give our lives to Christ and we understand that we're changed, but we, we still like to bring change upon ourselves. And, and usually that change that we, we bring upon ourselves isn't that, that full change that, that God has for us. So whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So we can try to bring that freedom into our life, right, by doing certain things. Um, but it's not the free indeed type of freedom that, that God originally planned for us. Can I have that water, please? Thanks. Thank you. And one of the ways that we go about bringing freedom or trying to bring freedom into our own lives is by changing our environment. 
So that's like saying, if only um, I could live in a different state, I would be happier. Or if only I could um, get a different job, I would have a breakthrough in this area of my life. And here's the line that I love. And, and, and Bob says it so well. Bob Hamp is the, the creator of, of Freedom Ministry. Um, but he says it so well. And he says, the problem with that is no matter where you go, you can probably fill in the blank, those of you that have been through it. You're still there. There you are. So no matter where you go, there you are still. So if you're, if you're looking to change things or if you're looking to change your location or if you're looking to change people around you and hoping that it's going to bring change in your life, a, a freedom type of change that God has given you, you have to remember that no matter what change you make, you're still there. So with that statement, I think that it's very important to know who you are. Because no matter where you go, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what you're walking through in life, no matter what changes around you, you're always there. And I feel like as a church, and as a church in general, we do a really good job at looking at, at one particular aspect of who we are, and that's the spiritual side of things. We do a really good job at honing in on that, but God's made us three-part beings. And we hear Pastor Dwayne talk about this. I've talked about it. Pastor Bernie has talked about it. We've all scratched on this in a, little, in, in, in a way, and we've talked about it. We've, we've parked on it. And I just kind of wanted to kind of hit at this from a couple different angles and, and maybe present it in a different way that would help bring some clarity to, to what that means. And I'm telling you, if we can understand this, it is going to transform your life in Christianity. So God made us three-part beings, and it's important to know what that means. It's important to know what God says about those three things. So bear with me. Some of you have heard this. Some of you may have not. But we are three-part beings. So we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. Or some people say we are a spirit that lives in a body that has a soul. Now, it's really important to understand this because we're really good at looking at the spirit side of things. We're not so good at looking at the soul. And we're not really the best at, at looking at the body either. But God made us three parts, and each one is very important. Um, I'm going to go to Scripture really quickly. First uh, Thessalonians 5.23 says, And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, make you pure and holy, consecrated to God, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. It's very evident that through Scripture, there are three different parts of what make us up to be a human. Otherwise, he would have just said you, or y'all, or everybody, or whatever. You as a human being. 
But, but he broke it down, and, and I believe that was intentional, to, to point things out. And, and throughout Scripture, there, there are references to each part of the body. There's references to the soul. There's references to the spirit. There's references to the body. Um, for example, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 is a Scripture that talks about the body. It says, Do you not know that your body is a temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, and paid for, made his own. So then, honor God and bring glory to him in your body. This is true with the body of Christ as a church. This is true with the human body. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple? the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you. There's an importance to the body. Scripture points out that there is importance to the body. So we're just going to say right here that this is the body. We're going to say right here that this is the soul. And I I said earlier, I kind of let the cat out of the bag. This right here is the gatekeeper to your transformation. We're going to talk about that. And this right here is your spirit. So there's an importance to all three. But what I want to talk about right now is what happens when we give our life to Christ. So what can happen is somebody understands the message of salvation. They give their life to Christ and then time goes by, they start to go to church, they start to hear things and they start to realize that what they're hearing in church doesn't necessarily look like their life. And what can happen without this understanding is you start going down the path of unbelief and that it didn't work for you. If you truly understand the message of salvation and you surrender and you give your life to Christ and you've been born again, it happens right here in the Spirit. The Bible says that old things have passed away all things have become new. Where does that happen? It happens right here in the Spirit. How many of you were bald when you gave your life to Christ, and as soon as you gave your life to Christ, you got a full head of hair? If that happened, that was a miracle. (laughs) So obviously, all things becoming new didn't happen right here in the body. For me, after I gave my life to Christ, My um, battle with um, substance abuse in the area of alcohol didn't magically disappear. That's because I had some stuff going on right here in my soul that needed to be changed. But what happened for me was I heard the message, I understood what happened, But then I went to my old way of living, not knowing what I was supposed to do. And so I started thinking that this right here didn't happen. But the Bible's very clear. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. 
behold, the fresh and new has come. That's right here in the Spirit. So we give our lives to Christ right here. Our old man dies buried, dead. Boom. We're made new in our spirit. And this right here is what makes us right with God. This right here is what allows us access to the Father without any hindrance. Regardless of still trying to get things together here in the soul, this right here, our renewed spirit, is the way that God communicates with us now, is the way that we can come before him and worship him with freedom, with arms lifted high, being fully renewed right here in the spirit. Now, here's God's plan for what's supposed to happen after that. The transformation that happens here in the Spirit is supposed to go like this, through the soul, through the body, and outward for everyone else to see. Our old way of living before Christ was this. We looked at the world or we looked into whatever we were looking to for influence, And so we looked into the world, and from that, we got everything. From that, we we got an understanding of our body and how how good we needed to look to impress people. We got the understanding of, of, you know, things that happened with us emotionally. Our soul is our mind and our will and our emotions. You know, some people say it's our personality. Some people say it's the conscious. But it's our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's, It's more than that as well. But for the main focus tonight we're going to talk about the mind and the will and emotions so we look outwardly right here before we know Christ and we live this way everything that we receive from the world from outside influence comes in this way and that's what builds our soul this is the way that seems right to a man but what does it lead to Death, destruction. When our spirit's renewed, this gets flipped. We now have access to God. We're now restored to the original intention, back to the garden when Adam and Eve were created, and we're we're automatically allowed back into the lifestyle we were originally intended for. And it was to receive everything from him, spirit to spirit. And because of this influence, because of his truth, because of his nature, because of everything that God is, his word, his scripture, his son, everything right here was supposed to be originally designed to be the thing that affects our soul and is eventually seen in our body and then outward to the world. So when we hear things in the Bible, when we hear things to be true, and we realize that we may not necessarily see that outwardly in our lives, why is that? 
I'll tell you why. Your gatekeeper for transformation is doing the job wrong. The Bible is very clear that after we give our lives to Christ, after we've been renewed, after our spirit's been renewed, that the job of the believer is to seek transformation by the renewing of the mind. Transformation comes by the renewing of the mind. Romans 12, 1 through 2, says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in the view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculty as living, sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Do not be conformed by this world. Do not be pressed into the mold that this world has for you, which ultimately will shape your mind, will, and emotions, and that will lead to death. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To what? This way of living. His word, his truth. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That comes from him first through our spirit. And that's what transforms our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. This understanding right here brings so much freedom. Um, I think maybe it was a couple months back, um, Pastor Daniel and I, Daniel Cavazos, we talked a little bit about spirit-led life and what it's like to, to live, you know, being led by the spirit. And it dawned on me afterwards, uh, Pastor Merle talked to me uh, maybe the next week or something, and um, we were just talking about that whole concept. And I started thinking about things, and I kind of started thinking about it again um, when I was getting ready for this message. But the majority of the time that we talk about spirit-led and, and living a life that's spirit-led, the majority of the time we're talking about the manifestation or we're talking about the fruits that you see from living a spirit-led life. So what that would mean is like we'll tell stories about what it's like to, to hear from God and, 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 and you know, get a word of knowledge or, or um, you know, go lay hands on the sick and they're healed and and um, whatever, you know, whatever it is, we'll, we'll tell a story. And it was like, yeah, we follow God and, and we heard God's voice. Or we follow God's prompting and all of those things. And it's just like, wow, I want to live a spirit-led life too. So I am going to chase the fruit that I just heard about. And then it doesn't work for us. It's like, I heard the pastor say that, or whoever, or it could be a friend, it could be anyone, it doesn't have to be a pastor, but I heard somebody say that, you know, they felt like they were supposed to go to McDonald's and, and um, 
you know, there was somebody there with a leg that needed to grow out, so they went to McDonald's and, 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 and they prayed for somebody with a leg. And, and I, I heard them. I know that they got healed. I know it was true. We saw evidence of it. And, and so I want that in my life. I want to do good things for God. So I went to McDonald's and I looked for somebody with a short leg and I said to him, I said, your leg's going to grow out in the name of Jesus. Now, can that happen? Yes, absolutely that can happen. But the bigger thing that we need to realize is with the first person, the first person probably had a revelation. The first person probably had something happen in here so that when it got to the point to where he was in that particular location, he heard from God, spirit to spirit. It got to his soul. And his soul didn't shut it down. His mind, his will, and his emotions didn't say, no, that's not God, or no, I'm too afraid to do that, or no, God's word doesn't work. It got through his soul, and it went through his body, and it was released to that person based upon the understanding that they had in their soul, based upon the renewing of their mind to God heals. what What we tend to do is chase the fruit instead of plant the tree. And I'm not saying this in a wrong way, but how many times have you heard an amazing testimony and we'll take the McDonald's situation and the next thing you know, there's a book that says the five steps to the McDonald's manifestation. (laughs) And it's like, oh yes, I want a McDonald's manifestation. I'm gonna read that book, I'm gonna read that book, I'm gonna read that book. And, and, And I'm gonna learn these five steps when really... The reason the person saw it was because they had a renewing of the mind to the healing power of Christ Jesus. So really it was the one-step program to the healing manifestation, and it was the understanding in their soul, in their mind, that, that God heals. They received that through their spirit by, by God's truth, and it got to the point to where their mind was so renewed to that one understanding that it was allowed out of their body and into the physical realm. But this right here is the gatekeeper for letting this renewal out. How many of you are born again? How many of you have the Spirit of God, the renewed Spirit of God in you? How many of you have an area of your life that when you read the Bible and you look at Jesus and you say, yeah, I'm missing it there. How many of you have one of those spots? I would say just one. Okay, I'm going to help you out. Right here is where the battleground is. When Caroline Leaf was here, she's amazing. I would encourage you to, we're just scratching the surface on this. I would encourage you to listen to her if you've never listened to her before. But she was talking about how our mind works. And, And first of all, our mind and our brain are different. For those of you who don't know that, if that, they're like, whoa, what did you just say? Just go to YouTube, okay? But she was talking about how our brain gets rewired. And it was really interesting because, so let's say we have a thought, uh, a, a wrong thought. It takes 21 days in order for that thought to be restructured to a good thought. It takes two more cycles of 21. It takes 
uh, that would be what, 63? So 63 days in order for it to become a habit. That's so interesting because we as Christians, we hear something at church on Wednesday and we have received it in our spirit and we try walking it out for a week or two and all of a sudden it's like this didn't work. I must be a bad Christian. That must not be for me. I must be doing something wrong. But based upon science, we just stop short. We stop short. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Okay. I heard that one time. I don't believe it though. Well, how many times did you hear it after that? Well, I only heard it one time. But I know it. I know it. There's a difference between knowing and understanding. We can know this right here, but do we understand it? Understanding comes when our mind is fully renewed to the truth and the knowledge that we learned in here or that we heard at church or that, that we heard somebody teach or that, that we saw evidence of the truth somewhere in life. If we can get this, if we can get this, truly understand this, and renew our minds to this concept that this is the new way of living right here, Every time this way of living tries to sneak in, we'll catch it. We'll catch it. I just had it the past couple weeks trying to creep back in on me. For me, um, I, I dealt with depression and anxiety. I've talked about that pretty openly. So the majority of you have heard me talk about that. But here's what happened with me. So, so I, because I lived in depression and anxiety, all of my habits were based upon living in depression and anxiety. So even though I started to get set free from certain areas of depression and anxiety, I still had habits that I needed to break because I was still living as though I had depression and anxiety and I didn't. But what does the enemy try to do? He tries to lie. He tries to tries to steal revelation from you or he tries to be deceitful or he tries to use somebody to speak to you or speak at you and say dude what's going on Mr. Christian don't look too Christian to me That can be hard to get past without the renewing of the mind. Without understanding that, that this needs to be renewed spiritually. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. I've got another hour and a half to go and I have to be done. Wow. Okay, hang with me. I got to figure out how to land this plane. 
I was just getting started. Does, is, this, is this making sense? That, did I explain this in a way that... Because I mean, this, this is all I care about. Like, if, if you can walk away from this understanding... Or even if you need to hear it again, man, go, Andrew Womack, my goodness, that, that dude's a machine. He teaches this phenomenally. Um, there are many teachers that, that can teach this in, in much more depth. But the biggest thing is we need to understand who we are. We need to understand how God created us to be. We need to understand that we are three parts. It's important to know how God created our body. Did you know that, okay, how many of you have ever said, Yawning, yawns are contagious. Do you know why that is? In our brain, we have mirror neurons. They mirror certain things that people do. What? God created us that way? So, here's what can happen. Like, now that you know that, now that you understand that, you could walk into a room and you're having a great day and you got your 10 cups of coffee, you're good to go, you sit down and somebody else walks in and they're dragging tail and they sit down, they yawn and because of those, whatever I said, mirror neurons, because they reflect what the other person doing is doing, you find yourself yawning and then so all of a sudden you start thinking, oh man, what's the next thing that comes out of your mouth? I'm tired. No, I'm not. I'm good to go. It's important to know how God created our body. It's important to know truth. It's important to know that we're a temple. It's important to know these things because God wants us to take care of our body and he wants us to know how he created our body. It's important to know about our soul. It's important to know about our mind, will, and emotions. It's important to know that our mind is separate from our brain, but our mind is what drives the brain. It, it, those things help. Those things help in this entire picture. That's why I believe in, in that scripture, First Thessalonians, that we looked at, it broke it down. It says, may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved sound. Now here's the thing that I don't want to happen because of this conversation. I just see this as a conversation. Here's what I don't want to happen. We can become too focused on this. We can become too focused on this to where we forget to live this way. That's not what this is about. But we live in a day where information is rampant. And the information that is godly information helps us in our understanding of this. Science proves this. Real science, true science, proves this to be true. It helps with our understanding. That verse that, that we all know, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The other night, I was watching a, a five-minute little video clip. It was a cartoon clip with my daughter, Bryn, before bed. And it was how the eardrum works. And I'm watching this cartoon of how the eardrum works with this car these two cartoon characters. And afterwards, I'm like this. If anybody watched this, there's no way they could say there is not a God. I was blown away by a cartoon about an eardrum. But you know what? After I heard that, I had a whole new understanding of we are fearfully and wonderfully made. A whole new understanding. 
It is one thing to know. It's another thing to have understanding. And understanding this, we can know this, but when you understand it, look out devil. That's when we walk out of this place and we can, we can confidently sing that song that we sang on Sunday, never be the same again from this day for the rest of my life. Understanding this, never the same for the rest of my life. I want to end with looking at um, Psalm 63 really quickly. It says, God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a land that is dry, desolate, and without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. So I will bless you as long as I live at your name. I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me as with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the night watches because you are my helper. I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. But those who intend to destroy my life will go into the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the power of the sword. They will become a meal for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by him will boast, for the mouth of liars will be shut. I love this because this to me is like a picture of somebody who knows their God. This is an invitation for every single one of us. This psalm is an invitation for everyone to live. Saying, God, you're my God. I eagerly seek you. I eagerly seek you. Spirit to spirit, I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you. Dang straight our bodies faint for him. We, we need to know what he has to say to heal our soul and to bring strength to our body. I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. When we understand this, I can guarantee you your lips are going to want to glorify him. When you understand that, not know it. So I will bless you as long as I live at your name. I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me. The satisfaction of knowing God is so deep and so rich. When I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the night watches. When we get up in the morning, we can praise him. When we go to bed, we can meditate on him. When we walk through life, we can walk through life in this invitation of spirit to spirit, renewing our soul, transforming our body. Why? Why? Why all this? Why all of this? If this is good, why do we care about this? Well, because there's benefits and promises that he's given to you. But here's the thing. It's so everyone else can see. So everyone else can see how good he is. He wants that for every single one of you. So that as you walk through life in this understanding, 
and it shows in your life everyone else will see and they're going to say, what is going on? Who is your God? What happened in you? Is your gatekeeper going to allow that to happen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your truth. We thank you that your word says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We thank you that when we understand the message of salvation, the message of your son, and we freely surrender and we freely receive everything that the cross, his death, has brought for us. We thank you that, that when we understand that, when we receive that, when we accept that, when we confess that, God, we thank you that our spirits are made new. And God, every single one of us right now can probably think of an area where we're not seeing it. We're not seeing the renewal in the soul area, in a certain area of our life. God, I thank you that you're revealing those things to us because it's an invitation for transformation. So God, whatever that is to each and every one of us, I thank you that you've given us breakthrough and it's waiting for us. I thank you that by your truth, by your word, by your love, by your grace, by your power, and consistency and process. I thank you that by those things we will see change. If we want it, if we're open to it, and if we pursue you in it. And I just invite anyone this is the first time you've truly understood this, if this is the first time you've truly understood what happens to your spirit when you give your life to Christ and you want to start your relationship with him from this understanding, I just invite you right now to just say, God, I'm yours all over again. And Father, we thank you what you're doing here in this place and what you're going to continue to do in our lives. Father, give us the strength that we need in the processes that we're already in. We thank you. Just like that song said and just like Ricky said, you can do it again. We've seen you move. You can do it again. So we invite you to every area of our life to do it again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's what I want you to do really quickly. If you have a pen, if you have a um, phone, that thing, if there's something, I talked about one thing, or if God highlighted something to you, I want you to write it down. I want you to, to type it into your phone. That Like one area in your life that you want to see transformation. I want you to do this. 
Because as we talked, it takes 21 days in order for that to become a new thought, and it, it takes another 63 days in order for it to become a new habit. Well, let's start today with day one. You have to want it first. You have to choose. You have to want it first. But write that down. And tonight in your quiet time or whenever your next quiet time is with God, I want you to search for a scripture, search for some truth, some understanding to stand on in that area. And I want you to start that process with him through prayer, through meditation, through, through speaking the word, through declaring it, through first saying to him, I recognize this area of my life isn't right. And go after it. Renew the mind so that others can start seeing it in, in your daily walk. And you're going to live a more fulfilled life. You guys, thank you for being here.